So good to have you with us today. And uh, there was a, a, a great Sunday last Sunday. I know I missed it. I was last weekend, I was in Maidstone on Saturday night, so not too far away. Uh, and we just saw God move powerfully in Maidstone on Saturday night. And then on Sunday morning last week, I was in Chatham, or as I renamed it, Chatham, Chatham on Medway last Sunday morning. And, um, you know, it was just an incredible service. They had a family service that I was speaking to. And at the end of the service, we saw 25 people give their lives to Jesus um, last weekend. And um, here's the best bit. 15 of them were children. 15 of them were children. But when I said, do you want Jesus? 15 children lifted their hands. So the pastor was really encouraged and made up and really excited about where we're heading the next few weeks. Christmas is coming, we know that. But I've got more of an excitement in my heart for what God's going to do in and through Family Church in 2022 than in any other time in the last 25 years. That's why we want to come in 31 days of breakthrough. That's going to be exciting. You know, four or five minutes of prayer, three times a day, everyone can do that. And we want you to put that in your calendar from January the 1st, morning, afternoon, and evening. All of us. Imagine we've got 700, 1,000 people across Family Church. They'll all be praying for you three times a day. And you'll be praying for them. And then we're going to step into our normal fast, our time of praying and fasting into February. Because we're teeing up for God to do incredible things this year, all right? So I want you to get ready for breakthrough. Even though you've experienced stuff that may seem contrary, even though there's been pressures around your life and you turn on Sky News and it seems that everything around you isn't speaking the language of breakthrough, can I just let you into a secret? Heaven is speaking the language of breakthrough for this coming year. And God's going to show himself mighty, amen. So we want to be ready for that. So make sure that's in your calendar. Exciting things happening. I'm excited to see all the Christmas outfits next week. I think there could be a serious competition between Pastor Stuart and Wayne. So it's worth coming to experience the battle of Christian costumes next, uh, Christmas costumes next week. Fantastic. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it has the power to transform our lives. We don't look into your word casually, Father, but with hearts that want you. Not religion, not hypocrisy, you, Jesus. Speak to us, we pray. Amen. So here we are. We're approaching Christmas and uh, it's full speed ahead now. What is it, 13, 14 days 13 days to Christmas, and Christmas can remind us of a number of things, can't it? You know, as we're approaching Christmas, it reminds me personally of past Christmases. You know, even past Christmases with my mum, past Christmases as a child, past Christmases when I was first married with Gina, uh, first Christmases um, that, that marked seasons in our life. And Christmas is a time of remembering things and reminding us of things. But I want to put to you today that in all of our remembering this Christmas time, as Christmas is coming fast and furious around the corner, let's remember the true purpose of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ come to earth to save and redeem us. Now, it's good. I don't want to be Captain Killjoy. Don't do this at Christmas. Don't do that. There's too many other pastors who are self-delegated Captain Killjoys. I want to say, enjoy Christmas as you can this year. 
Put value in family. Put value in relationships. Don't make it about consumerism, buying stuff. Make it about people. But at the moment of Christmas, let's embrace what it's really about, which is Jesus Christ come to earth. We're going to probably be mentioning that a few times over the next few weeks because this season really is about him. It's about God come to earth. It's God receiving the name Emmanuel. Now I know that we've got some different people here today that are called Emmanuel and Manny. Have we got any Mannies or Emmanuels with us today? I know one of our, our Filipino brothers is called Emmanuel. There's a Manny at the back. Any other Mannies around the room? That's an incredible name, Emmanuel. Whether it's spelled with the E or the I in different languages, they spell it in different ways. But the meaning of the word Emmanuel, which is the name that was given to God, is God with us. Isn't that a beautiful name? Emmanuel. When we call Jesus Emmanuel, what we're saying in the declaration of the meaning of that name is God is no longer a million miles away. God is not unapproachable. God is not able to not be experienced because he's Emmanuel, which means God with us. So many people at Christmas, even believers, celebrate the presence of God on earth in Jesus Christ. But sadly, fewer realize that it wasn't so much about God's presence coming to earth. Rather, it was about God's presence coming to live in you. That when we say Emmanuel, God with us, it's quite a nice experience to imagine God now on the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. But actually, that's a lesser deal than what God wants you to experience because the purpose of God was not to come to the earth that his presence would be on the earth, but that his presence would come and live within our lives. You see, it's about Jesus coming into our lives. That's what we've got to celebrate this Christmas time. Otherwise, he becomes just a festive season. A moment that's packed away with the tree. If our Christmas is about Jesus or God being on the earth, don't get me wrong, that's powerful. But it's not as powerful as people like you and me understanding he never wanted to live in buildings. His plan, his agenda was to be Emmanuel. God with us. Listen. God in us. But the purpose of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ was to get the God who was once unapproachable, now living within the hearts of those that followed him. I want you to meditate on these things over this Christmas season. I've been meditating on these things myself for the last couple of weeks, just on that simple thought. Christ is not just with me on the earth. He's now in me. I've become his temple. He's pleased to dwell in us.
So Emmanuel, God with us, would be amazing, wouldn't it? But actually, the Bible reveals he's not just with us, but he's in us. That experiences or that causes us to experience something else that's sometimes spoken of at Christmas, which is incarnation. Now, when we sing God incarnate, what we mean is that God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, came to live fully within the life of Jesus Christ. So when we sing carols or speak songs of God being incarnate or God incarnation in Christ, what we're saying is that the God who was the maker of heaven and earth and all things 2,000 years ago came and lived bodily on the earth and dwelt amongst us. But actually, please don't hear this through any lens of supposed heresy, we experience incarnation when we're born again. You see, the Spirit of God never came to live in buildings. He came to live in people. Paul said to the Corinthians, you don't know, do you, that you are now the temples, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He said to the Corinthians, the reason that you allow certain things, sin, unforgiveness, is because you've not yet clicked on that actually the plan of God was to make God incarnate in you. Actually, Jesus underlines this. In John 14, verse 17, he speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, listen to what Jesus said about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will be with you and he will be in you. It's time for us to realize that we're not walking the earth with God alongside us. But this mystery that prophets long to look into is this simple truth, that a person has to gain by revelation the power and the secret of our life is now Christ in us, the hope of glory. You see, when we look at the word incarnation or incarnate, it just simply means this. It's one of those difficult words that needs a simple explanation. The word incarnation and the word incarnate means this. A person who now embodies in their flesh a deity, a spirit, or the quality of God. How quickly do we rise up and say, God now lives in me. I received Jesus when I was born again. Come on, we've all said that. Jesus, will you come and live in my heart? The Holy Spirit. Now, it's time for us to move from statements where we don't live any different to now living in the good of that reality. But not only did God become incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ, 
but also when you believed. Stay with me. The risen Jesus Christ came to live in you. The moment that that penny drops, our lives can never be the same again. So it's time for us, I believe, in this uncertain hour, there's so much uncertainty in life at the moment, isn't there? You turn on the news and there's uncertainty. You listen to people who are living in fear and there's uncertainty, uncertainty. Yet I believe in this uncertain hour, believers, that's you and me, need to be Christ inside minded. Greater is he that isn't with me. The Bible doesn't say that. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world around me. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Because over the last couple of weeks, this verse has become fresh to me in a new way. Because I believe it's a verse that's so filled with theology or understanding that we can't grasp just with mental intellect. But as the Holy Spirit leads our hearts to understand as the great teacher now present within us, these verses have the power to revolutionize our lives. So I'm going to start reading in Galatians 2. And uh, it's one verse in verse 20. This is the statement of our life, right? I have been, that's past tense. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but now Christ now lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you hear what Paul is saying? It's no longer I that live. The I or the self that I once was died when I placed faith in him. Romans 6 teaches us that his death became our death. His burial of who we used to be became our burial of who we once were. But here's the good news. His resurrection to a new experience of life is also ours now. Not in the heaven to come, but here on earth. Why? It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the risen Jesus, now living in me. We spend so many times teaching people how not to sin when all they need to understand is that the Holy One lives in them. That'll sort sin out. <laughs> when you understand that your life now accommodates the risen Jesus Christ. Not even the one that walked the earth with a nice gown. The risen Jesus Christ has come to live in you. 
God has made incarnate his spirit in you. You see, this is all that Paul understood. And that's why he made statements like, no weapon fashioned against me can prosper. Because Christ in me is the love I need to forgive anyone. I have none in myself. But Christ in me is the ability to forgive anyone. Christ in me is the strength to carry on. Christ in me is the wisdom I need when decisions are important. All I want us to do as we approach this next Christmas is be more Christ inside minded. Not Christ inside this meeting. Not Christ inside the earth. Christ, Jesus, now alive in you. You see, when we begin to understand this, we understand that our lives then, just simple verses I want to use this morning. When we understand that Jesus Christ is no longer with us, but he's also in us. In the Old Testament, God was with people. In the New Testament, because Christ made the unholy holy, the unrighteous righteous, he made that which couldn't be lived in able to be lived in. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, has now moved into our lives. And our lives now are to be influenced by the one who now lives in us. Now, when I look back on my life, like the Pet Shop Boys said, it's always with a sense of shame. I always was the one to blame. You have to be a little bit older to remember that song. But you see, before... I understood that Christ was in me, that I was dead, now I was alive because of his life in me. I lived under the influence of everything from lust to alcoholism to what people thought. My life was subject to many influences. But when I understand that now Jesus Christ lives in me and lives in you if you're a believer. Now I understand that it's really simple, isn't it? That my life is now influenced, not by peer groups or friends that don't know Christ, but my life is influenced and led by the Jesus who has come to live in my heart. I'm going to turn to an unusual verse now. Everybody doing okay? Turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, because Paul says something really interesting and he uses the topic of drunkenness to make a point that's bigger than the point of don't be a drunk. Listen to what he says, I'm going to start reading in verse 15, chapter 5 of verse 15, or verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. Be very careful then how you now live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days that we live in are very evil. Now, this is the verse that's very interesting, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is for your life. Do not get drunk on wine, 
which leads to debauchery or every other form of evil. Instead, be filled with God's spirit. So what Paul is saying, he's saying don't get drunk with wine, which opens the door to all manner of other evils. When I look back on the man I once was, it's amazing how living in the doorway of alcoholism, which I did, opened many other doors to things in my life that destroyed me, hurt me, affected others. Many stupid things were done when I was in a condition of being drunk. But when you understand that word drunk, you study it in the Greek, it's interesting, when Paul says don't be drunk with wine, he's actually saying don't be intoxicated, but there's another meaning that I think is relevant for a lot more than alcohol in a person's life. It says don't live under the influence of. What Paul was saying to people who had received Christ was now that you've been born again, no longer live under the influence of things that once led you away from God and his beautiful ways for your life. Don't live under the influence of things you once lived under. Don't let things that once ruined your life ruin your life anymore. Draw a line in the sand and say, I no longer live. Christ now lives in me, so I will not live any longer under the the things that once ruined me. But it all comes from an understanding of Jesus Christ now lives in you. Now you're listening to a man today who in the old creation of who he was, was a drunk. I had very, very bad alcohol issues. And those issues defined me, influenced me, ruined me. But I'm so thankful, like Paul, I can say when the devil tries to remind me of who I was. Sorry, you've got mistaken identity. You're speaking of somebody that isn't alive anymore because I was at his funeral. Me, I've been born again to be a new creation. And it's Christ who now lives in me. And if it's Christ who's living in me, Christ is going to be the one who now influences me. You see, I'm not picking on people who drink today, but I do believe that no believer should be drunk. Quote me. I don't believe any, any believer should live in drunkenness, but often it's done because it's a dependency that they have because they don't understand that Jesus Christ now lives in them. It's a journey that people take. But what about other things? I know people that live under the influence of fear. They live under the influence of fear. They may not drink, but they live under the influence of fear when God says in 2 Timothy 1.17, I did not give you a spirit of fear. You had one before, but now I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power. I've given you a spirit. Of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, Christ in you means that you can get information from the daily news broadcast. But the fear within it has no influence 
over you. I watch the news for information, not to top up my fear levels. Because God never gave me a spirit of fear and whatever God didn't give me, I don't need to keep. I'm boxing it up on Boxing Day and sending it back to the devil. That'll preach. Maybe I'll preach that on Boxing Day. That'll work, that one. Because not I've become anything, but simply Jesus Christ now lives in me. God has made his spirit incarnate in my foolishness and flesh. But my confidence isn't in my flesh. It's in the one that lives in me. So it says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power, love and soundness of mind. Paul says to the Ephesians, don't be drunk anymore. You once used to be drunk, but don't live under the influence of things that people in this world that don't know God live under. I pray for our young people when there's so much pressure upon them, peer pressure to be cool and trendy. But those young people who are the peers don't know where the road they're on is leading. I pray that our children and our young people in family church would discover Jesus Christ living in them and the power of the life that he offers them. There's no life like it. Speak to one who fell over. But do you know what I love about what Paul's saying here? It's not don't, don't, don't. It's rather, rather, rather. Because don't, don't, don't can be very religious. But rather, rather, rather says you're missing out on something better. Don't be drunk or live under the influence of things that you once did. Rather, now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word, be filled, is a continued present tense. It means not a one-time event, but an ongoing reality. Paul says, why would you settle for things that once influenced you, that led you to places that were no good, when you can daily know the filling, the filling, the overwhelming, the influence of God's own spirit now living in your life. Don't be drunk with other things. Rather experience Christ in you. Breaking out. One of my other favorite verses is Philemon 6. Where it says the living out of our faith becomes effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that's now in us in Christ Jesus. Turn your heads and your hearts away from things that once influenced and turn them now to him. No one will love you like God loves you. No one will give you a life like God will give you. No one will bless you like God can bless you. It might mean that a few friends misunderstand you and laugh at you. You'll be the one that's thankful at the end of time. It's God in us, the hope of glory. The power of what we could rather know than what we settle for. But so often we do look to other things, don't we? In our frailty, in our humanity. You know, I I heard somebody say once, and it's so true. The only time where I sin is actually when I forget who I am. The only time I sin or do something stupid is when I have a momentary brain lapse of who I now am in Christ and who Christ now is in me. 
if I could remain ever conscious that the holy Jesus Christ lives in me and I get to house him and transport him, that would affect a lot of things. But I did or thought. But you know, there's an Old Testament um, parallel that we find in Jeremiah 2.13. Now this is Pastor Stewart's, one of Pastor Stewart's favourite verses. If you've been around Family Church, you know this is one of his favourite verses. If you've been around Family Church, you know mine is John 15, Romans 6, Galatians 2.20. If you were around Stuart, it's somewhere in one of his messages. Just like the vine pops up in mine. You're going to hear Stuart go, oh well, Jeremiah 2, verse 13. Because it says in Jeremiah 2.13 exactly what Paul is saying in Ephesians 5. It says, my people have committed two crimes. My people, the people that belong to me, have committed two crimes. Number one, they've turned away from me, the source of true life. Number two, they're settling for things that come from broken cisterns, things that can't hold water. My people have turned from me to find fulfillment, joy, um, uh, to, to be ruled over by things that are broken. They're broken, they're smashed, they're rubbish. Yet I see my people delighting in things that come from broken pots rather than drinking from my rivers of living water. What was Jeremiah saying? Come back to God. Come back to God. What was Paul saying to the Ephesians? Leave all that second-rate rubbish. Come back to God. Come and enjoy the life of God's Spirit who's now in you. Not a spirit, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Jesus Christ came to live in you when you were saved. Oh, that we would understand the one who now lives in us. As Paul said so well, It's no longer I that live. It's no longer myself. It's no longer me, myself, and I. Now, my life belongs to him. And his life is known to me. All right, let's bring this in for a landing. As we approach another Christmas, may we be self-conscious of the Emmanuel. May we walk into Christmas self-conscious Not of ourselves or the things that we think we need. Rather, with a consciousness that only the Holy Spirit can bring. That Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven and walked on the earth. But after he rose from the dead on the third day, he came in the power of of his very own spirit to live in you and me. That will change everything. Let me just finish with one last verse because now we're left with this dilemma. But I just feel so weak. I feel so, I feel so weak, yet there's no good thing in the flesh of who you are. Paul said that. Now you may feel weak, fleshy, But that doesn't mean that there's not treasure in you. And it's the concentration of the treasure now within us, not the pot of who we are. I love the way that Paul says this to the Corinthians. We now have the 
this treasure. The spirit of the living God. Living in our earthen vessels. You see, when you were born again, you retained the earthen vessel. It's got its flaws. My earthen vessel's got its flaws. My earthen vessel's got its weaknesses. Anybody else? Don't leave me up here alone. My earthen vessel still makes stupid mistakes. My earthen vessel still makes dumb decisions. Anybody else? My earthen vessel still has a bad attitude every now and then. My earthen vessel still has its failings and its flaws. And I know I'm not alone. But wait a moment, Paul. What are you saying this morning? Stop concentrating on the container and discover the treasure within. When you were born again, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ came to live in you. Now our walk with him is letting the Christ that's in us flow through us, transform us, and change us. You see, it's no longer we that live, but now Jesus Christ who lives in us. My prayer for you, family church, this Christmas is the same prayer for me. That I would discover afresh, not just the incarnation of God becoming flesh in Christ, but also now God becoming flesh in me. Because when I discover Christ in me, I find all the love I could ever need. When I discover Christ in me, I find the power to live the life that God's called me to live. When I discover the Christ, the treasure in me, I find wells of wisdom beyond my own. You see, the design of God was very simple. Him vine, you branch. He's now taken our lives from separation and joined them to his own life so that he can flow through us and bear fruit with us that brings him glory. Christ in you. Christ in you. Corbin, just lift your hands for me a second. Sorry to embarrass you. Come here. In fact, I want all of our teenagers, our young people under 18 at the front. Is this okay if we take a little bit of time? There's a call on your life. There is a call on your life and the enemy wants to pull you away from it. But you know there's a call on your life. You've got to make some big choices when this world is filled with influences that just want to destroy you. Let the Holy Spirit lead your life. I want all the young people under 18 up here now, please. Come on, church. We need to pray over our young people. We need to pray over our young people. Will you give me just a few more minutes? These aren't the church of tomorrow. This is the church of today. 
And I don't know what it's like to live in this world, guys. When I lived in it as a young person, it was crazy. But I kind of think, add social media, add gadgets to that, it gets even more crazy, right? You know, these days, kids look at their phones over breakfast. I used to read a cereal box. <laughs> I used to eat my cereal, eating, reading the back of a packet of cornflakes. It's Christ in you. Maybe you don't understand that like you should just yet. But I speak Christ in you. I speak Christ in you. Your world changes. Pastor Troy, your world changes. Don't let this world con you. Don't let this world offer you stupid deals when it's not going to keep its part of the bargain. Choose God's way. Choose God's way. I call God's purpose out of your lives. I call God's purpose out of your lives. You're soul winners. You're secure. You're unaddicted. You've not hung up in relationships. Boyfriends and girlfriends don't take you out of the positions of God. I call the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and out of your life. Church, will you lift your hands towards these young people? I want us just to pray for them today and bless them. Would you guys, if you want God's way, would you lift your hands for me? If you don't, keep them down. I'm not going to force this on you. If you want God's way, give me both hands. Give me both hands. Give me both hands. Would you pray this with me, young guys and girls? Our young people. Jesus, thank you for coming to live in me. Show me your life now in me. Break the power of other things. Holy Spirit, influence my life. I forget what lays behind and I turn my face now to you. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I receive the filling of the Spirit of Christ. Thank you, Father. Church, just begin to bless these young people. I want you to just begin to pray for them, begin to bless them. This year, 2022, we're going to raise up an army of young people. We're going to train, we're going to equip, we're going to begin to raise up an army of young people. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be filled. I didn't plan this. This is a God spontaneous thing. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Victoria, filled with the Holy Spirit. You're anointed to lead. Don't let this world try and con you. You're anointed to lead for God. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Olivia, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. You're a leader, not a follower in Jesus' name. There's a call on your life that's huge, Elijah. Don't let anything try and... I'm just reminded of that story where, um, was it Esau sold his inheritance for a bowl of soup. Don't let any natural thing con out of your hands to call on your life. You're called with a holy calling. You're a world shaper. You're one of God's unusuals. You're, you're somebody that goes and turns things back to how they should be. Filled with the Holy Spirit from the top of your heads. Every other influence broken off of your life. 
broken off of your life. Come forth. Come forth and be the man you've called to be. Pastor Troy, you keep your heart in God's hands and watch what he does for you. Nathan, undistracted. When even people around you are sinning, you say, I shall not do that. My life belongs to Jesus. Filled every dream you've got. Yeah, God's a bigger. God's a bigger. God's a bigger. Lay down any dreams to pick his up. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You belong to God. You belong to God. And God belongs to you. You belong to God. As to get all over Nathan and this young man here, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a calling on your life, Ben. Don't live in the shadows of any other person, not even the shadows of your own brother, but be the person that God's called you to be because you're going to be an influencer beyond anything that other people dream. You're going to be an influencer and a leader of people. In quietness and confidence will be your strength. But today you need to cross a line and say, this life belongs to God. Rhea, this life belongs to God. This life belongs to God. This life belongs to God. Sophie, this life belongs to God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Let every distraction, everything that would come to pull you away from God's purposes be broken over your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Put hands on this young guy here. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with over this young lady. Filled. No one's going to bless you like God blesses you. No one's going to make you feel like God makes you feel. Come on church, just begin to bless these young people. And every other one of our young people that aren't here today. God, we bring them before you and we speak blessing over their life. We speak world changers, planet shakers. We speak that these young men, they'll be like Daniel. They won't join in with what Babylon's doing, but they will stand out for you and carry your banner and your mantle. Father, thank you for an authority coming upon them, a joy that they find in you that can never be replaced. Look at me, young people. We believe in you. We believe in you because God believes in you. God believes in you. God believes in you. God's got plans for your life. Don't sell out. Don't sell out. Make whatever sacrifice you need to make, but don't sell out. Where's Nate? Don't sell out. Let the world be shocked by what God does in your lives. Oh, you're going to be trouble for the enemy, you are. You're going to be trouble for the enemy, Victoria. You're going to be trouble for the enemy. You're a leader, not a follower. Find your strength in Him. Father, we just bless our young people. Father, we bless them. Those that are here, those who aren't, we bless them in Jesus' name. And we call God's purposes out of them in Jesus' name. As they return to their chairs, give them a big round of applause. Come on, we're proud of these young people. Oh, it's good, Nacho, eh? It's good, isn't it? Do you know, I went away from God when I was 16 and I came back to God when I was 24. Most stupid mistake I ever made. I should have stayed with God because what He could have done in my life from 16 to 24, one day I'll find out. Hey, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's a miracle. We did all that before 12 o'clock, wasn't it? If you're here today and you've never received the risen Jesus Christ into your life, into your earthen vessel, won't you receive him today? Won't you receive him today? 
Can we just pray this prayer and I'm going to just give a quick invitation for anyone that doesn't yet know Jesus. Man, I'm so excited about what God's going to do in 2022. What about you, Bertha? Are you excited, Bertha? Bertha's excited. Nacho's excited. Susanna's excited. Graham Keeping, you excited about this? Come on. Graham's excited. Let's just pray this prayer all together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Jesus, thank you for coming to live in my life. I open up the doors of my heart and welcome you in. Change what you want to change. Let this life be yours forever. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you need to give your life back to Jesus. I want you to do one thing for me. As I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And what you're saying is, Jesus, I mean this for me. It doesn't matter if you've been away. Make that prayer today. It doesn't matter if you've never prayed it. Let that be the first time today. As I count to three, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know if Jesus is living in you, invite him in today with a prayer you've already prayed. Lift your hand when I say three. One, two, three. Anybody here today want to receive Jesus? I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to drag you to the front. This is just about you accepting Christ today into your life. When he comes, he changes everything. Father, we speak blessing over the house today. And Father, we thank you that the words of Paul echo through our lives this week. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who now lives in me. God bless you. Have a good week.